in a world whose hosts cried out for a replacement to Thunderdome. The Top 10 is proud to bring you The Realist. Realist! Realist! Oh, yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the last official episode, at least for now, of The Realist. 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 There we go. There we go. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in, either downloading this or watching us on camera as we uh, do our last version of The Realist. We've got a great new idea that we're putting in motion to replace uh, The Realist, but got to give it uh, a proper send-off here, a proper Mm -hmm. Roman Viking funeral, whatever it is. Someone's got to shoot the arrow and set the pyre on fire out in the water there, and this is certainly it for now. And as Matt said on the last one, it doesn't mean we're done with it. It just means we're done with it for now. Yeah, we're trying to offer something that gets more people involved mm. week and, uh, you know, something more interactive, a new idea, which is right now, you know, we're looking for, if you got a name, let us know at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash top 10 show. Right. Fail us at top 10 podcast at Gmail. All spelled out. If you got a name for the show, it's top 10 Jeopardy, but we don't have anything other than a placeholder name for it right now. But that's in essence what's going to be is for patrons at the 20 and up level because that's what who the realist was for yep. but everybody gets to listen to it just like the realist uh but you know our thanks to eric grebner i believe who, who originally sent us this idea mm-hmm. and uh, we liked it from the jump and we've done it and it's been really fun and successful for fans but it's a lot of work for alitacos to track down people yeah twice a month uh i know i ran into that problem before mm-hmm. it, so we're not against bringing it back, just like Thunderdome's always a potential. Yeah, true. Very true. Want to try something different. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can't keep uh, doing it. But the our same last thing. relist. Yeah, yeah, officially. Uh ironically, it's a uh, it's a coming of age movies uh relist here. And uh let's see, who are the people that sent us uh the lists here as I'm looking? Uh so Sean topics. Monk? Yeah, Sean Monk, David Mitchell Baker. Uh, and blast from the past podcast. Uh, nice to see them sliding in here under the wire to send in something. Uh, you know, we've shouted them out many times on our shout outs over the last few months. So nice to see them throwing in something. And I like that they're just a podcast. There's like no names or anything. And I don't know, maybe they'll say their names in their, in their, uh, letters here, but we don't yeah. see, they don't say any names initially at the top. So, uh, we'll see as we go along. Um, all right. What do we, uh, should we just jump into it, man? How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the show works like this. They uh, The first patron picks the topic. The next two submit their list for said topic. And we don't add any movies to the list. We may yeah. jump in order at the final relist of it, but we're not going to just inflict our will, our opinion on this this show. This <laughs> is yours, and we are experiencing. We don't know what the lists are beforehand. We don't know what the topic is. So uh, it's a shock to us. Yeah. Uh, although I would imagine we've seen most of these movies, if not all. On maybe, this. yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a good chance. <laughs> well, there's a lot over the last 10 years coming of age movies that I have not seen. So maybe some True. of those will slide in. Depends on the age of the people who've submitted these lists. We shall see. Um, I went first last time. Do you want to go first this time with the top? Sure. Lists? Okay. Um, Sean Monk, like you said before, said this uh, coming of age films. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for being part of the final release. Yeah. 
thanks to everybody that's participated. And Alex Akos for help, put, you know, helping us put this all together uh, twice a month for a while now. So thank yeah. you to everybody. Thanks for participating. Let's jump in. So I got David Mitchell Baker. Mm-hmm. And he just jumps right in. I like it. He's like, here's my list. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. At 10, he's got Breakfast Club. Okay. Uh, that is my number eight. Uh, okay, we talk about it now then. Okay. Um, he wrote, whilst overtime aspects of this movie have become incredibly dated and have not held up well at all, the vast majority of the film remains excellent. The performances across the board are stellar. Anthony Michael Hall being my favorite. Huh? And Hughes has never written a better balance of comedy and drama. Wow. Nice, uh, nicely put. Uh, Blast from the Past podcast, he says, he or she says, or they say, uh, I've never been a big fan of most of John Hughes's movies, Woo. but this one I've always enjoyed. Wow, that's a strong statement. How can you not be a fan of John Hughes's movies? I need to understand that concept. I feel like he's universally beloved. This is kind of shocking. Maybe it just, I could see like a younger generation not being as into the Hughes because they are kind of dated. Yeah. Maybe they're like, uh, I don't want to see my parents as a teenager. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. you know, or like some of them they do like, like planes, trains isn't really a prototypical John Hughes on some level. True, true, true. So maybe they're a fan of that, but it's just like this and 16 Candles and a few others are just like, yeah, you know, I've got right. my of those. Pretty in pink. Pretty in pink. Uh, sure. What's the other uh, one? With she's having a baby, which she's is having. A, I, I like she's having a baby. You're inside. No, I don't. Uh, we could don't. clearly. Although I haven't that. seen it since I was a kid. Because I <laughs> What's uh, the one with uh, uh, Mary Stewart Masterson? Oh, I always forget that one with Eric Stoltz and Leah Thompson. Oh, oh, well. Oh, man. Some kind of wonderful. Some kind of wonderful. Some kind of wonderful. Hey, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's but, another uh, depressing one I didn't like as a kid. Yeah, that one's a tough one to get around. Do you? Do, do you what about Breakfast? Do you like Breakfast Club? Yeah, Breakfast Club is good. Yeah. Uh, if I was, you know, probably like five to seven years older when it first came out, it would be even more resonant to me. But I saw it, you know, when I was of the right age. So when did this come out? Like 84, 85? Yeah, 84, 85, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I probably saw it in like 90, 91, something oh, like okay. that. Oh, okay. Right on. So right it still had the effect, but, you know, 84, 85, I'm, you know, five, six years old. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not really made for me at that time. Right, right. Okay. What about you? Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw it in the theater. You know, that's how fucking old I am. I totally saw it in the theater, went with my friends, really enjoyed it, uh, liked it. I wasn't a 16 Candles person. I feel like that yeah. movie was not for me. So uh, although there were some funny moments in it with Anthony Michael Hall's character and like that, but I liked this movie. And, yeah, I know now in retrospect that Miley Ringwald wrote that uh, – uh, article about it saying how, you know, Bender essentially violated her by putting his head between her legs. But, you know, I get it. I get it. You know, but it's the 80s. And, you know, we, th- we thought that kind of stuff was playfully innocent. Yeah. But I'm a dude. And maybe women didn't see it as playfully innocent back in the 80s. So I have to respect that. Um, but I didn't think there was anything nefarious about it. We're all discovering the attraction to a woman or to a man, depending on your uh, sexual orientation at that time. And there's a kind of forbidden nature of seeing a girl's panties, uh, at least back then. Nowadays, you know, you kids nowadays, you're just like all over the Internet. But like back then, it was like the 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 gold. It was gold. It was like Indiana Jones finding the, the Ark of the Covenant, man. It was gold uh, to get to that point. So that moment remember, in the movie. Yeah. Do you remember this is a little off topic, but do you remember <laughs> you took a bra off? How fun! I mean, I was my heart was racing. Which one? Taking a bra off. Oh yeah, of course, taking a bra off I the first just, time. 
heart beating out of the chest, be like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening, kind of. Right. And you want to be smooth about it because by that point, you've heard the stories and you've seen the jokes about them on, about people who mess it up in in high school, people are talking and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't get it off. (laughs) It was, I mean, you know, those were industrial sized bras back then, Matt. Well, I think, honestly, I think the first time I got it off, and then like the next three, four, whatever. But then I just stopped trying. I was just like, just take it, just take it off. I can't. What are we doing here? Just take it off. What are we doing? Yeah. But I, I think the difference is A, we weren't aware of that that perspective because yeah, true. as a guy at that age, I would love nothing more than a woman to right. make doing that. I'd be like, this is awesome. So yeah. in the eighties, you I guess perhaps you know, and still, even when you know I was of that age, yeah, likely it wouldn't have been as uh, we wouldn't have understand the perspective of, dude, this is really violating someone's personal space. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It was just, you didn't think about the perspective and now. No, no. Yeah. For good or for ilk, you can find out anybody's opinion about anything now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The eighties are chock full of nudity, chock full of nudity. Those eighties movies, uh, yeah. but mostly at a woman's expense, rarely at a man's expense. So it lets you know who was directing the films. Who exactly. Was in charge. And who they were marketing for. And- exactly. Yeah. 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 Who they thought the audience was. Right. It's a different time. <laughs> All right. What's number nine? Nine. I've got waves. Mm, nice choice. Not on uh, the list. Sorry. Uh, no, not on the list. All right. Mr. Baker writes, I had to make a spot for the incredibly underrated and underseen waves. Mm. Edmund Schultz, 2019 film should have been an across the board contender this past award season. Not least of all, for the amazing Sterling K. Brown, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite actors, and Taylor Russell. Schultz's incredible use of sound, editing, and cinematography bowled me over and shook me in a way that few other films have ever done before. Wow. Wow. Strong. Yeah, I enjoyed the film as well. I don't know if I'm as uh, bowled over as uh, as uh, David is here, but I certainly enjoyed the film. I thought this and Loose were two of the most criminally overlooked films when it came to award season, uh, when they went with just a standard, mostly popular fare that they did. Um, this is one that I thought as well was criminally overlooked. So I agree with David on that end, at, le- at least, you know, and he says, please stick out this incredible movie if you haven't already. So oh, I, apologize. Uh, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, no worries. If you haven't seen Waves, certainly that's one to to go see if you haven't gone. I think it's on the streaming services on one of them, like either Hulu or Amazon or something like that. So Makes yeah, sense. definitely check that one out. Um, all right. All right. Eight, he's got Minding the Gap. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this stunning 2018 documentary is a raw, unflinching look at masculinity and the cycle of abuse in the modern American man. Wow. Film one of exceptional bravery and documentarian Bing Liu. Uh, confronts his own experience with abuse as he explores the lives of him and his friends as they grow up in the Rust Belt of America. Easily my favorite documentary of the 2010s. Wow. I haven't seen this one. Me either. Wow. Okay. Shit. I think I'm going to have to see this one. That sounds like kind of interesting, actually. Yeah, I've been watching a decent amount of documentaries lately. So Yeah. Uh, Did you watch the Lance one? Did you watch the Lance one? Um the 30 for 30? Is there is there anything revelatory in it? I mean, I feel like just I know. That, just that he's a dick still um, throughout, at least the first part, he is still a dick. And you watch as you're watching, you're like, this guy is still, he's upset about shit. Like, he, he yeah. doesn't want to admit that he was wrong. It's incredible, man. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you know, if he has the attitude of everybody was doing it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sure, like there was doping before that. Right. Right. He knew about it and everybody knew about it. But yeah. took it to a level of excellence. I think he yeah. wasn't rewarded for that. It's just the subterfuge that he existed in for so long. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's true. It's true. But yeah, this one sounds interesting though. I, I I didn't see this one before. Or I may have seen it and it might have just gone out of my head. So I should definitely watch that one at some point. Sounds like a cool one. Yeah, good choice. Uh what's yours? All right. He says, uh, first of all, thank you, gentlemen, for allowing me to once again be on the relist. I hope that if you don't like my list, at least it, it at least spawns a good discussion. Love the show. Oh, he says his name is John. All right. Well, thanks, John. Appreciate that. All right. His number 10 is kids. It's not a doc. Uh, coming of age. Um, no, I guess. Yeah, it would count. Okay. Uh, he said, I saw this movie when I was 15, but it freaked me out enough to stay with me almost 25 years later. Wow. Yeah, I had trouble with that one, man. I remember I was 30, 45 minutes in that one. I was like, this is too much. I can't do it. I'm out. Oh, I saw I saw it at the roughly the same age as the characters, maybe a year or two older or something. Oh, okay. And it stuck with me. I remember all the beats of it after having seen it the once. The main yeah. actor is annoying as shit. <laughs> it's the first time I think I saw Chloe Sevigny. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Uh, and then I don't think those guys, the rest of them, I couldn't tell you what else they were in. Interesting. It's an annoying film. I did, I did not like it, but I did see Gummo because of it. You did what? Saw Gummo or Gummo. Oh, yeah, Gummo. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. That should never have been made. There is no, to me, there's no artistic merit in that movie. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rosario Dawson's in this. She's the other. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, those two, it looks like. Uh, and Harmony Kareem plays a club kid in this. And of course she goes on to direct some films or he goes on is Harmony. I always forget if Harmony is a man or a woman. Yeah, I think it's a man. dude. Yeah. He directed. Yeah. He's directed some films. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I just, I remember walking out of this. I was just like 30, 45 minutes and I was like, yeah, I can't do this. I couldn't recommend it. It's not. Yeah. Not your cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's he got at nine? Uh, City of God. City of God. Let me see. Nope. Not on my okay. list. He just says a powerful film. Um, I think that's a good encapsulation. It is a powerful film. Interesting mm-hmm. journey. Certainly coming of age, I guess, but it's really pushing the boundaries of the idea of the idea of that genre. Uh, so he is coming of age, but it's coming yeah. of age in such a brutal way uh, to the reality of that world. But who can say that world uh, does exist? So Maybe that is the coming of age story of a person growing up in that world. So who am I to judge? Yeah. In the Rio favelas, just mm-hmm. where crime, you own pockets of the city. Yeah. Yeah, I have no I, I mean, I've heard tale. Right. I, I don't know firsthand. I mean, it's definitely a different setting than your usual coming of age, which is some sort of something we're all accustomed to relatively. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the anomaly of this. I don't think I would have thought of it as coming of age. It's interesting. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, it's, a, it's a damn good movie. It's a, <laughs> That's for sure. If you consider that coming of age, then what else is on your list? Type of thing. <laughs> I know how deep are we going here? Uh, all right, uh, his number eight was Breakfast Club. So, what's your number seven? For uh, seven is uh, Stand by Me. Uh, okay, that's a punt. Okay, cool. Uh, and then six is Little Women from 2019. Cool. Yeah, not on this list. Great choice. I love that. All right. He said, I had never seen or read Little Women before Greta Gerwig's take on the material amazed me. 
Her script invites so much empathy for these characters, and whilst Swarcy Ronan and Florence Pugh are obviously great as the supporting performances, rather, that really make this a special film for me. Timothy Chalamet, Laura Dern, Eliza Scanlon, and Chris Cooper all gave some of my favorite performances from last year. Yeah, great choice. Yeah, it's it's one of the ones that around awards time, you only have so much time, so I didn't see Little Women. Yeah. Um, I remember they had a big old screening of this. Sony did at uh, one of the big theaters in Westwood, and yeah. I barely made it on time. That day I had I, I, I scheduled to watch three separate films because we had to vote for the – Hollywood Critics Association, and I remember running into this one to see it, and I thought I was like, oh, if it's an hour, I'll give it an hour. If it sucks, I'm going to walk out. And I stayed the whole two hours and 20 minutes and was just absolutely enjoying the shit out of it. Just great um, great technique from Greta to make it a time jump story that jumps from the president to the back, president to the back, president. Mm -hmm. It was just brilliant. And so you got to like the characters where they ultimately ended up, and then go back and appreciate their journey getting to that point. It was really smart. It's how you redeem Amy, that character that a lot of people don't like in the book and in previous iterations, by showing what she becomes later as she gets older and becomes more mature. When you go back and see her uh, at times, her angry um, immaturity, you're like, well, this is where she's going to end up. So we, we watched this happen here. Uh, and you kind of feel a little more sympathy for her than you normally would. So I thought she, it was a brilliant decision by her to do it that way, uh, and everyone else, you know, in the same in the same vein, you know. And I think Shirley Ronan was fantastic uh, in the film, and uh, really that she's there's just an Oscar just waiting for her, man. Maybe two or three. Yeah, eventually uh, her, and it looks like Pew as well. Yeah, Pew definitely. Oh my God, yeah, Pew absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've seen the Winona Ryder, but mm. I have not seen the 2019. So right, right. Um, okay. All right, what, do you, what do you got? Blast one podcaster John says he has seven Star Wars A New Hope. Okay. <laughs> Luke's basically a young man. Like, he's a man on some level. Uh, maybe. I don't know if he's a, he's a man child, if anything. Do you consider that a coming of age movie? I I don't know. Maybe I mean I could I could hear an argument for it because you're right. He's not 12 years old or 14 years old. It's a guy who's like 17, 18 years old, but he yeah. acts like he's 14, running around. Where's the Taji converters? Hey guys, what's going on? You know. He's yeah, like, but at the same time, yeah. he's also learning to use a lightsaber and he's firing right. actors and you know he flew a a jet against the the Death Star and yeah. Uh, if this is a coming of age story, now I'm looking through the lens of this is utterly ridiculous that this kid, man, it's Phantom Menace when he just yeah. does yeah. a yellow thing and starts doing like all this crazy flying. You're like, ah, I know he's supposed to be a good pilot, but Jesus, this kid is, you know, next level. <laughs> uh, right. But Ray using a lightsaber so well, everyone was flipping out of that. That's, uh, it's so amazing how they construct things in their heads sometimes when you look at things. Oh, Wait, how can she do this so quickly? Luke was flying around the galaxy, zipping around, pulling Top Gun maneuvers, and had just learned how to fly one of those things. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I find that more believable because him and Anakin as a, as a kid both had cars were dry. Like, you saw them do that action at least a little bit, especially, yeah, Anakin with pod racing. Right. Whereas she took on arguably the, the, old, like the master swordsman, lightsaberman, in the entire galaxy, right here. 
and she holds her own. It is a little far fetched. Studying <laughs> at this his entire life, it's not like Luke went one on one with Vader flying. No, no, not in that one. No, no. Yeah. So I don't know. A little bit of difference. I still find it ridiculous. I so. would argue Vader's way better than Kylo, but that's he splitting hairs. Um, all right, number six uh, for blast for the podcast is a itu mama tambien so is that not on my list okay says probably my favorite spanish language film yeah I, I like the film i don't revere it as much as everybody else but i certainly like the film <laughs> and i like the dialogue and i like the scenes i said you have two dudes having a sexual awakening with a i just i don't know for me it's those kinds of in, the stories don't grab my interest that much in that way you know i like the playful 80s approach to sexual awakening versus something like this in this film uh, so it's not my cup of tea okay yeah uh, what about you did you see it did you like it i know i saw it when it was like that that year for oh movies, yeah but i haven't seen it since gotcha one okay. of those you saw a barrage, like you go to the theater and you just see as many possibly as you can. Yeah. So it's fun, but there are certain days if you're really hitting it hard, it almost feels like a job. Mm. Uh, and especially when you're doing like, hey, three days, I'm going to see five movies. Type right. Thing. right, right, right. There's right. bound to be at least one in there that you're just like, yeah, I don't know if I feel like this movie right now. Right. Uh, in the right mood for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know I saw it and I liked it. But okay. I have I've never seen it again. Who knows if I ever will? Yeah. Okay. All right. What's number right. five? My five is E.T. Ooh, uh, not on this list. All right. David writes, I know you guys aren't a fan of this one, but what can I say? This <laughs> just does it for me. As a film about childhood, I don't think that there's any better, uh, that there's any better. Henry Thomas breaks my heart every time, and the ending send-off of E.T. has me tearing up even thinking about it. It's one of my favorite Spielberg films, true movie magic. Wow. Strong statement. That's, yeah. Hey, you know what? And that's what it is for almost everybody, especially people yeah. my age. Uh, just, uh, it never, it's never really done anything for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfectly enjoyable film. Uh, I saw it again last year at a friend's house when they were doing the the backyard screenings of okay. movies, uh, and I was like, "This is this is a perfectly fine film." I just don't fall over gushing about it uh, when people talk about it. So it doesn't mean that I, I uh, you know, I'm not a fan of it. I'm just not um, addicted. I'm just not, I'm just not crazy about it, you know. But I enjoy yeah. it. It's certainly a fun film. Nothing. I'll crazy. happily watch. 10 or 12 other Spielberg films before I watch that one. Yeah, that's fair. I think I've been in that camp as well. Yeah. Yeah. It would make my top 10 because I will watch every one of those. I've never gone back to start ET on my own. It's been on and I've seen it, but I don't like it. I think that's the great, I think that's a great point you bring up, Matt. I think if you hear a movie and you don't think it's something that you would immediately turn on or at some point down the road, turn on for yourself then you're not the biggest fan of that movie. I think that's yeah. actually the line, you know? Uh, E.T. is just like, you know what? If I'm in a Spielberg movie and I want something feel good, there's five other choices that I can make that I'm going to enjoy way more and be happy to watch, even though I've already seen it 20 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah, E.T. Just, just ain't it. Uh, what do you got at five? Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Not on my list. Does that count? Does that one count more than Star Wars? Uh, I would say so, yeah. Okay, 
Cool. He says, what more can one say about this classic? And then says nothing else. So fair point. That proves a point there. Uh, we'll try to add a little bit more. It's one of the funniest films of the 80s, in my opinion. One of the most quotable films, for sure. Uh, and even manages to throw in a real uh, emotional wallop at the end for a lot of people that had troubled relationships with their fathers. Uh, and that was happening in a way that was way more prevalent in the 80s, um, that feeling of the father achieving and the son needing to achieve as the same way, you know, and being the permeating thought through the 80s. So um, I like that about the film. And, of course, Matthew Broderick, who I can't believe, like, what he became because when you watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it's like Henry Winkler and Fonzie, both those guys. Oh, yeah. like you watch them in those roles, you think, these dudes are going to be the coolest motherfuckers for, like, 30 years. And then they turn out to be the biggest nerds and, and geeks and whatever. And then you're just like, oh, they're not as uh, – and there's nothing wrong with geeks or nerds. I'm just saying they're, like, they don't, they're not as cool as they were in those roles. Yeah. And well, so. see, the thing is – I could still see Winkler get into a role like that. Whereas if I watch Broderick do it now, I just don't believe it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's been such a like legitimate dad for so long. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. He acts and presents himself and does interviews and whatnot. He's always been very adult dad-ish to me. Right. Whereas Winkler still has fun. Like you watch Barry and, and you know, he spoke yeah, so good, on Arrested Development or he yeah. can pull off all these different things. So I think he could go back to it. Whereas Broderick, to me is pretty much you can do that pretty well. Yeah. That's although he doesn't, you don't really see him in all that much anymore. Mm-hmm. No, not really. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, because uh, I, I remember Cable Guy. It's like you're. Sh- I mean, you should be playing the Cable Guy, not Jim Carrey, because the Cable Guy could be essentially Ferris Bueller grown up, you know. And so it's that kind of thing. But he's so put upon. He plays a lot of movies where he's put upon. It just kind of mm-hmm. shocked me coming out of Ferris Bueller. And uh, yeah, for him. So there we go. Um, all right, what's number four? My number four, I've got eighth grade. Oh, nice choice. Uh, not on this list. All right, David writes, I instantly fell in love with this very special movie and its star, Elsie Fisher. Mm-hmm. No one has ever portrayed anxiety better. It perfectly capture, captures all the awkward feelings and uncomfortable moments that come with growing up. It's a deeply relatable film for me, but one that has such universal, universality uh, to it at the same time. I can't wait to see where Bo Burnham's directing career goes from here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I liked eighth grade a lot. I was surprised. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I went in there after all the hype had started. So I was expecting it to be kind of a letdown. Like, uh, like, uh, what was the one book smart? Like book smart was good. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't like crazy good. You know, yeah. like other people were hyping it up. Same thing with late night. Late night was kind of a letdown. Uh, last 45 minutes of that film is complete betrayal of everything they set up in the first 45 huh. minutes of the film, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so Snyder when I came to me hard to watch that, and it was so aggressive about it. I was like, no. <laughs> no, I think you and your wife would really like it. Jeff, why are you pushing this so hard on me? <laughs> All right, well, I think you should see it. All right, man. Well, may- maybe. It was never done that with any movie ever. It just came up. Fucking both, you know, barrels loaded. I didn't book smart haven't yet. I, I will eventually, but everybody was like, oh, it's, you know, the new Superbad. And uh, I think Superbad's good, but yeah. I don't think it's, had I been 10 years or 12 years younger when it came out, the perfect yeah. age range, that would more than likely be an all-timer for me. Right, right. But I, I think it's really good, but it's never been one that leapt off the, the screen to me. So yeah. 
compared to that, everybody's going, you know, gaga for it. It's like, ah, I'll see it eventually. I'm sure it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But eighth grade, um, he's so accurate. There's a, quite a few moments where the awkwardness, like I moved a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I put myself in those situations where it's a room full of new kids and you kind of got to find your way and see her. It's like at that pool party. Yeah. I, that, but I've experienced similar situations into the, just the uncomfortableness. You're trying to be part of a group, but you know yeah. that you're not. Uh, yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, all right, the best from the past, uh, number four is Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Okay. Best. I guess the Miles Morales one, you know, easily yeah. one of the most meaningful superhero movies of all time. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I would say it's coming of age because the the interaction with his dad, especially, yeah. and yeah. trying to grow up and you know be more independent, and whatnot. His dad is still protective yeah. of him, and- being a hero, losing his uncle. Mm-hmm. It's all there. Discovering a girl he kind of likes, and not sure where that goes. Uh, so yeah, I would agree. Coming, having adults turn on him, so certainly a coming of age movie in that way, and having to figure out who he is. You know, and when he finally does, that scene is the best. Maybe the best scene in the movie, in my opinion, when he's standing on a thing and he's like painted his own logo and he just jumps off and oh, dude. In slow motion. It's fucking hairs awesome. back of the neck. The first time I saw it and just at the arc light at a screening in this massive, gorgeous screen and he jumps off and the whole movie has been amazing to that point. Yeah. You see that and you're like, this is this is breathtaking. Yep. It's, it's great work. Animation. Like good for you and. Afterwards, there was a panel with everybody that was involved, and yeah. uh, it's the only one I've ever stayed for because I was just so interested to see how the hell you guys made this. Yeah, yeah. For for superhero films, I think this is the most coming of age. Yeah, I guess you could say that certainly. Because the other uh, choice would yeah. be what Homecoming. I, I don't. Tobey Maguire always struck me as a twenty-year-old playing a seventeen-year-old. Right, right. Um, uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, I can't say Man of Steel because you don't spend too much time with him as a kid, yeah. And you're jumping so quickly into adulthood. Same thing with the uh, Superman, 1978 Superman. Like you do have some time with him as a young man, but and the death of his dad is what ages him. But the next shot is him already a full-on grown adult living in Metropolis. Yeah. So you don't have that transition time. Um, so yeah, I think I'd agree with you. It's one of the rare uh, coming of age superhero films, certainly. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's your number three? Oh, three. No, he has Boyhood. Okay. Uh, I do not have Boyhood, so all, you- all right, Mr. Baker writes the pinnacle of all that Richard Linklater has been building to his entire career. Wow. Piece on an unparalleled level, unlike anything I have ever seen before. I never feel like I am watching a movie when I watch Boyhood. I am living in these characters' lives for two and a half hours. It's a story that every time I never want to end. Hmm. Do you agree? Um, I liked it a lot that year. Um, But I do know walking out, it was the first time. And now uh, I use it with Catherine, but we walked out of the theater and she's like, what was the point? (laughs) So I can stop her when I go through the Oscars and I'm like, Sure, this is a what was the point movie if you don't want to watch it. Yeah. And I, they're just living their lives for it's such a huge endeavor to follow and carry the storyline over so long. But the question is, do you go back to rewatch it? I haven't seen it since. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not against seeing it again. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, but you won't seek it out to turn it on. I don't think so. I mean, I liked it walking on. I was like, that was really impressive. The entire thing was impressive. But yeah. it's not like I was so enraptured with the characters. Right. I think the overall experience and endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel the same way. I was like, I thought it was a good movie, but I wasn't blown away by it as much as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like a, a couple of the link letter things more than I do boyhood, but I respect yeah. the amount of years these people put in to get this thing right. You know? Um, all right. Uh, number three blast from the past podcast uh, has Moana. Huh? Okay. Not on your list. Uh, I went in expecting it to be good, but was blown away by how impactful it was. Um, yeah, I like the film. Uh, yeah. Certainly, I guess I guess it's coming of age because she's kind of, I don't know, but it's weird. How do you define coming of age? Do you mean define coming of age as like you uh, have experienced that and now you're adult, like you're a young adult or you're a, a, a you know an older teenager? Or is coming of age like the next phase of your childhood? You know, you've survived to the next phase of your childhood. Uh, what have you? Because clearly she's at a place where she's at in her culture. Mm-hmm. She wants to do something more. She goes on this trip. She hangs out with the demigod uh, that is the Rock's character uh, and goes through all of this. And when she comes back out, she is a more proud member of her culture and of her tribe um, and possibly in line to lead the tribe. Uh, but did she come of age necessarily? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would guess in that she asserted her independence and went from being protected to now being one of the protectors. Mm. Yeah. I don't think there is a specific, to me at least definition of coming of age. It could mean this amorphous, the shift into adulthood, sure. Or from childhood into like, you know, the teenage years when you start to understand the gravity of life itself. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I would say that all those count, but uh, okay. yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe there is a specific cinematic definition. I don't know it. Maybe. It's a good film. I like the film. I uh, enjoy the songs. I like the rock in it. Yeah. Uh, it'd always be a special one for me because of doing the scratch track for it. When they pitched it to the rock, I recorded all his lines there at Disney working with those two directors who had done beauty and the beast and little mermaid. It was kind of mind blowing to be directed by those two gentlemen in a booth. So, um, and then have it pitched to the rock. So it'll always be like a special favorite of mine for sure. It's good. And it's good. It's good. I would say it's good. Yeah, I like it. It's, I mean, I've seen every Disney animated that I can think of. Mm. Mm. And there's so many now it's competing against. So I liked it. I don't know where it would be, if it would make my top 10 or not. Oh, yeah. Good question. Uh, But there's, you know, if I was younger, once again, it's one of those, like, if you saw it at the right time and then you go back for all the stuff that I I already liked from a previous generation type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably lower on your list because Moana was like Frozen is going to be the number one for how many kids? And I right. can't stand that. Right. Uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. Like numerous points. The trolls were utterly useless. Like what was the point of that entire chunk of the story? It doesn't, sure. doesn't do anything. But you're a kid. You're like, oh, man, that thing was magic. And I sang the songs and it's like the most resonant to me. Right. Right. Moana could totally be that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, what's your number two? My two is Ladybird. Ah, okay, not on the list. All right, he writes a perfect film. Ladybird is hilarious, touching, feel good, and melancholic at the same time. Mm. Sometimes in the course of a single scene, 
Uh, Sorcy Ronan and Laurie Metcalf's relationship is one of my all-time favorites on screen, and the supporting cast is nothing short of brilliant. Tracy Letts, in particular, steals every scene she's in. Um, yeah, Tracy Letts is a great actor. Like, um, he's a playwright, and he's done. He was in uh, Ford vs. Ferrari. You know, he's the old dude who who gets uh, put in the car and like is crying by the end after. Uh, is it Damon or Bale takes them all around uh, in that on that uh, course? Um, oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Damon. It's Damon. Okay, yeah, he's just crying at the end, which is fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's so good. I just saw him in The Sinner. Uh, he's in season two of The Sinner, and I was just like really enjoying him as an actor. But yeah, I like Lady Bird. I think it's a good film. Uh, you know. I, straight up, like I, I'm a dude, so to me, I could appreciate the film and like the film, but I think it really works for a lot of women, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who have gone through this kind of transition maybe in their lives and have this kind of relationship with their mom and uh, mm-hmm. all of that, and, and the women who've come and wanted more from their life than just staying in the town and, uh, you know, just kind of grabbing a job. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some people are quite happy living in the town they were raised in or, or born in, um, but I think it's for those people who, who aspire for to do something outside of that town. Yeah, uh, uh, it works on that level. So I certainly connected with it uh, on that level and appreciated seeing a mother daughter relationship portrayed in this way uh, in a film like this. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I like the movie a lot. But if I was, you know, the other gender, I think a lot of uh, aspects of the storyline would have resonated even more. Yeah, sure. People were like, this is legitimately a best picture. I think it was on my top 10 for that year. Mm. But some of it is I have to kind of view from afar as opposed to having a firsthand perspective or something to compare and contrast with. Right. Right. Uh, but it's, it's a damn good movie. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So that's my two. What's your two? Uh, stand by me. Ah, the punt from earlier. Yes. Uh, love this movie since I was a kid. Gordy's journey just speaks to me. What does uh, okay. David say? David writes a timeless classic. I can't really say much about Stand By Me that hasn't already been said. It's my favorite Rob Reiner movie, and the young cast are simply perfect. Mm. It really is. It's one of the few movies that narration, that's usually the death knell of a movie. If you're watching yep. it, there's a bunch of narration. It just means that the, the story, they're trying to piece together chunks of story. Some movies, you need it. And yeah. Stand By Me is one where it works really well to kind of give you a fuller understanding of who these characters are. Yeah, agreed. As they go throughout this journey. Uh, it's yeah a really good movie it's yeah it's one of reiner's best yeah right people forget about that one too i mean like i know they bring it up occasionally but people always focus on when harry met sally but there's um but this film deserves a special place too because you're right it's like it's a great coming of age story we have four really good young actors uh, who all went on to do stuff afterwards which is kind of rare in a film um and the things they confront are are at times a bit brutal for kids their age you know, Kiefer Sutherland is doing all of that. It just kind of bleeds into it. And of course it ends with such a, tra- in such a tragic way. Uh, yeah. It just screams uh, coming of age and, and a damn good film. Uh, yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah. All uh, right. So my number one. Okay. Is, uh, the perks of being a wallflower. Okay. Not, uh, yours? not on my list. No. Okay. Um, he writes, uh, this film and the book it is adapted from hold a very special place in my heart. 
They each came along at a time when I needed them most in my life. Mm-hmm. They always, will always stay in that place for me. There's no character that I see myself in more than Logan Lerman's Charlie, because I lived the life of the anxious and depressed teen that is brought out of his shell by some very special people. This film was one of my all-time favorites, and Lerman's performance is my all-time favorite. Wow. Mm. I go back to this film at least once a year, as I do with the book, because I always like to think of where these characters might be in their lives now and how they struggled for so long before finding themselves. This is what coming-of-age movies are all about. Wow. Uh, it's one of those where, when we did our coming-of-age yeah. show, however long that was ago, mm-hmm. people said, how could you not have this? If you haven't seen it, really need to see it. So yeah. if I saw it, and they're right, man. It's, it is so good. Okay. Um, it is perfect. Like if we're doing coming of age again, this makes my list hands down, even though I've already lived through that, you know, period of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's an all time classic hmm. just for this genre. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's her face? Uh, Emma Watson's in this thing. Ezra Miller, I think is in this thing. Ezra Miller. And then the main guy is in uh, hunters on Amazon. Yeah, Logan Lerman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Logan Lerman. Um, I'm trying to think. Is, is Tom Holland in this one or no? The Spider-Man guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, he is? Okay. Well, I'm saying I know who Tom Holland is. Is with Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay. I don't think so. Okay. Let's look it up. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen it the once, but it was good enough to where I will see it again. I'm just not always in the movie for coming-of-age film. Right, right, right. Understandable. Uh yeah, Dylan McDermott, Kate Wash. Oh wow, interesting. Nina Dobrev, Julia Garner, Ezra Miller, Tom Savini's up in this mother. Paul Rudd, really? Wow. Okay, quite a cast. Well, I mean, there's smaller parts. Yeah, Mae Whitman. All right. All right. I don't see Holland. Hmm. No, I don't see yeah, Holland. Don't see, yeah, Holland on there. Okay. Cool. Oh, Joan Cusack's in. Oh, there we go. My comedy crush. Um, number one for him is Dead Poet Society. He's got nothing behind that? Just- no, no. I was, I was waiting for a reaction from you. But okay. uh, he says, this movie still makes me well up every time I see it. Uh, do you agree, Matt knows? No, not the slightest. Okay. Sorry. It's all in the theater. I've seen it several times since. We watched it for a Thunderdome for this show. Yeah, we did. Just not, not a fan. I like a, a couple of very specific scenes with with Robin Williams. Yeah, and the rest of it I could completely never see again. Wow, wow. So, uh, yeah, I like the film. It's not one I run back to see because of the tragic ending uh, of the film. And uh, yeah, you have the uplifting moment, but it's too much tragedy, man. I get it. I've seen it once. Uh, maybe I watch it all the way up until the night of the play. And it's good because I know what happens, so I don't need to see anything more. But like, I like the kids, like the the freshness and the exuberance throughout the movie, and you know, Robin Williams, such a fun performance, a free performance. Um, kind of, I think it's a bit of a precursor to Goodwill Hunting. You know, this is him kind of like connecting with the younger kids and teaching them, and then later on, maybe he's the grizzled teacher now, and he's the psychologist and or psychiatrist and all of that. So uh, I like that about it for sure. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, it's just like the scenes where they're, you know, uh, hitting on those or flirting with those girls, yeah, yeah. reading poetry, scatting and shit. Just like this is, 
fucking terrible. In no world is this cool. It's just so you know, in no world is this cool. If any woman sleeps to you because of this, she should not be procreating because we don't need to pass this along to future generations because this is pathetic. What's Forget wrong? Get at that awkward age. It's just sad. There's multiple ways to. Play. There are. There are. They should never. No one should ever look at this and be like, "This son bitch is the coolest in the world." I need to be doing this. No. But people, but 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 yeah 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 exactly. Do you have a gun in that bag? Because we might need to use that. This is, this is terrible. <laughs> uh, I scattered my way into her heart. All right, yeah. <laughs> let's let's. If your name ain't Ella Fitzgerald. I don't want to fucking hear it. So suck it. Well, Ella, I'm a beatnik poet. All right, dude, you're you're an asshole. Is all you are. Exactly. <laughs> Anybody got laid off of that shit, man? Congratulations. Uh, uh, whoa, man. Whoa, oh, yeah. man. Whoa, There's oh. a reason that died. <laughs> there is. There is. It sucks. That's why. That's well. That's one of the reasons I don't like Hamilton, man. I feel like that's just a version of scatting with words. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's one of the. It was coming here, but who yeah. knows? It was right. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, finally ticket prices weren't obscene, so we were talking about maybe going. And yeah, uh, yeah. Just, uh, that's going to happen in the next six months. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, that's uh, these separate lists. Uh, let's put these lists together, mm-hmm. Right, I imagine while I do the bongos. I don't know if we have any commonality other than Stand by Me. I think. Right. Um. Yeah, correct. Oh, Breakfast Club. Oh, Breakfast Club. Right. Sorry, Breakfast Club. Okay. We get Stand by Me where. I have it at two. All right, so then stand by me is one. Wow, okay. You want to do breakfast because those are the only two commonalities we have? Sure, why not? All right, what is your number one? It's Dead Poets. Dead Poets. All right, you haven't seen Perks. I have not, but I'll defer to you on this one because you don't like Dead Poets so much. So I have no opinion on Perks, so... All right, Ed Poets at four. Okay. And then your two is already taken, so I got Ladybird. Okay. All right. And your what's your three? Moana. I got Boyhood. What would you say? Hmm. I would say Boyhood is more coming of age to me. You mo uh, Boyhood is? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, I mean, you had you were questioning whether or not Moana counts as coming of age, right? If she fully comes of age or yeah. transitions to being an older person, not necessarily age coming of age. All right, so that means Moana's seven. I got okay. eighth grade at four. I've got Spider Man into the Spider Verse. This will be your choice. What do you think is more coming of age? Better movie is Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. But more coming of age. Does she come of age by the end? Or does she just come to terms with her issues? Whereas Morales legitimately becomes... Yeah, okay. I mean, it only traverses one year of her life. Right. Uh, Okay. So we have one slot left. 
We have one slot left. What do you got left? Ferris Bueller's Day Off at five. Uh, perfect. <laughs> That's not even. You're only going to fight for ET. ET. I love it. <laughs> All right. It's easy. That's why it's our. You know, we put it together. So. That's right. All right. Let's have some fun here. The top ten coming of age movies on the realist. Yeah. At number ten. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. At number nine. Eighth grade. At number eight. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. At number seven. Moana. <laughs> At number six. Boyhood. At number five. Ladybird. At number four. Dead Poet Society. At number three. Perks of Being a Wallflower. At number two. The Breakfast Club. At number one. Stand by me. There it is. Stand by me. The number one uh, coming of age film here on the last official relist uh, for some time, unless there's some, uh, you know, cataclysmic event that pushes us towards bringing it back at this point. We are focusing on something else that's going to be a lot more fun for you all. Not that this wasn't fun. This was, I will say this, like as a kind of like, you know, wrap up on the relist as a whole, it was great to hear you all's points of view, see you all's Mm -hmm. lists and your rankings of the movies that were both frustrating and fun and exciting and surprising. Uh, It was so much joy and it was a great way for us to connect with you all uh, and get uh, a taste of your tastes Mm -hmm. in movies. So uh, we can't thank all of you enough for participating. Uh, a beautifully said sentiment. <laughs> it is, I mean, just like minding the gap from today. There's a movie neither of us have seen. Yeah, absolutely. We're now intrigued to see, and that's happened a few times from yep. the relistens. The relist has also given us ideas for shows. Yep. Um, and it's a way to you know to, to interact and find out who people are and get a sense of of their tastes and whatnot. So it's been a lot of fun. We're just yeah. want to try something else. Maybe you guys will like that even more. Uh, if not, the relist is always you know a potential possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if you want to join in on the next iteration of, of this show, which is you know, placeholder name, Top 10 Jeopardy, head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10 and join up over there. We also, you've got Thunderdome you can participate in. You get a shout out at the end of the month. You can even pick a show uh, once a month. We open that up to patrons. And uh, I think that's uh, it for me. You can follow me at Matt, no- Matt Nost, M-A-T-T-K-N-O-S-T, and Check out my other podcast, if you would, called Embrace the Hate. Just search for that anywhere you get podcasts. And uh, adios. Right. We're not doing Thunderdome. We're doing uh, Topical topic, uh, topical Thunder. Topic Thunder. Topic. Topic. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Thunderdome? I, was- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to make sure. I was like, wait, do we agree to that? No, wait, no. no we did not. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yeah. Uh, We're yeah. both enjoying Topic Thunder a lot. Why would we take that out of the curriculum? Exactly. We've been enjoying it. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at The Rogue Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, my YouTube channel. Please come subscribe to that youtube.com slash John Roca says so many great, so much great new content coming through there. And then my own Patreon, patreon.com slash John Roca. Go and see all the multiple tiers we got going on and the new shows going on there. Just for the patrons as well. But hey, the top 10 also has a YouTube channel. So go and subscribe to that as well. Find us the top 10. You'll see our logo with me and Nost. They're on there are the multiple films that make up the top 10 logo. So go and subscribe to us as well. We're trying to get that thing monetized ASAP. So please go and uh, do that. And if you're watching us right now on it or listening to us right now and you happen to hit subscribe, please do so. 
so we can keep push, pushing up those numbers. So, all right. Thank you all so much. Uh, and this has been the final episode for now of The Realist. 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 <laughs>